Hey everyone, welcome to Punkcast. My name is William Maxwell. I'm a student of Web3 and the owner of Punk9527. CryptoPunks are 10,000 uniquely generated characters stored permanently on the Ethereum blockchain. No punk is the same. This is a show dedicated to celebrating the punks behind the punk. My hope for this podcast is that we capture the essence of the punk culture, elevate the brand and the individual behind the punk. One last thing, projects discussed on the show is not financial advice. Crypto and NFTs are a volatile and risky asset class. Please always do your own research. Other than that, let's go. GM, hi, and welcome back to another episode of Punkcast. Today, we're back with a special episode. We've reached a milestone here at Punkcast, episode 69. And we've got a special punk to enforce the special day. Punk 8834 with three atties, shadow beard, earring, and police cap. In real life, he's an avid Michigan Wolverines fan, VFriends Maxi, NFT connoisseur, and founder of DDT, a water pong project. Please welcome Glow Blue to the show. Go Blue, how are you? What's up, man? Long time coming. I'm happy to be on here. I know, it uh, has been a long time. 69 episodes, and uh, it's been probably just as long since we've sort of last met. That was, that was when was that? That was uh, NFT NYC 2022, right? 22, yes. Yes, it was last year. It was, um, yeah, it was last year. It was a very coincidental meeting. And, uh, you know, just from there, you've been pretty much the same guy. And it's pretty cool to see how you went to 69 episodes so far with this idea that you came up with. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I, I do remember that. I was like hitting you up, going, "Blue, are we gonna do this podcast?" And you're like, "No, nah, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait out to the episode 69." And uh, <laughs> a year later, here we are. But you know, like um, it's been a highly coveted spot. So hopefully, you'll feel special because of that. Because I've had a few punks that uh, have recorded, and they're like, "Can I can I be episode 69?" I'm like, "Oh, sorry, man. That one's uh, that one's already taken." Yeah, no, 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 no other punks could fill up this legendary spot. You know, we had to do this <laughs> legendary meeting. It was just uh, funny how, um, you know, I said that, like, oh, I want to do 69 episode, but then you sometimes don't. You think, like, will it get to episode 69? Is this, like, a real series? And like I said, it's just really cool looking at the journey, seeing how you got to this point. Yeah, it's been a crazy journey. But um, why don't we start off with a little bit about yourself? And if you could start off with, you know, your handle, Go Blue. Why Go Blue? Oh, wow. Okay. We're going to that. So um, that was before I bought my punk. No, it was after, I think, I bought my punk. Um, I got the ENS. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, so this world we're going to go into, right? Uh, NFT world and have your own identity. And I was thinking, like, what is not going to change about myself? And that's what it was. I was just would never change my sports team. And that's um, so funny. A lot of my friends in real life know I like Michigan, but it's not really a big thing. You know what I mean? But here it's kind of like a big thing because that's kind of the name I'm known for. Go Blue. Nice. Does that mean you're, are you more of a basketball fan or a football fan? Like where would you sort of bucket yourself? That's actually a really good question. I'm probably in the middle, but I, I guess my love um, first started with Michigan football. So I grew up uh, about 30 minutes away from the campus. And I remember I was watching uh, this game. It was like 12 years old or 11 years old. It was at Michigan State, Michigan versus Michigan State, a night game. And then Braylon Edwards caught the sh- um, caught the ball at the end. And it was just like, I was like, man, this is the coolest guy I've ever seen in my entire life. And then just from there, I just loved Michigan football. Hooked ever since. I must admit, uh, being in Australia, we don't get much exposure to American football, but um, we did get some exposure to basketball. And uh, I did have an appreciation for, uh, I think it was Chris Webber, the Fab Four, that sort of came out of that era when I was collecting basketball <laughs> yeah. cards. As the Fab Five, man. But yes. Fab, you're, Fab you're, Five, there you go. But yes, that's that's my guy, Chris <laughs> Webber. Okay. You know your stuff. Well, not really, but uh, try, try, try to fit in with the cool kids. Cool. And then, so, okay, so you're from Michigan and born and bred. Uh, is, that, is that right? And Correct. Born and raised. Born and raised in Michigan. Uh, nice. Okay. Well, maybe you can share a little bit about your background, everything sort of leading up to, you know, NFTs and Web3. Okay. So yeah, I've been born and raised in Michigan. My family lives here. 
somewhere, you know, you're proud to be from, you know, you went through a lot in life, um, trials and tribulations, but this is, this is me, you know, and, um, going into this point, you know, I, I worked in retail and worked in all these little things. And then I fought my way, um, working at a marketing company. And that's kind of where I started my crypto journey. I was like in my early twenties. So I can start to tell you as that quick story, but basically, um, I remember one day a mentor of mine told me about, uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And I was like, wow, this is, this is very interesting. Um, the mathematics and how this will work. So remember I came back, it was in Chicago with a meeting and I came back and, um, I took half my 401k out and then put it into Bitcoin. And then that was my, that was my journey. Nice. When you say retail, what kind of retail were you, were you sort of in? So we basically worked, um, at a marketing company, really. Um, they did, we did all the stores, um, at the mall, basically. I don't know if you guys' malls have different stores, but we do majority of their store marketing. Yeah. Cause I, I, I sort of have a bit of experience in retail as well for supermarket chains and did a bit of work for Walmart, um, back in the day in the supply chain sort of team. But, um, what, what, what sort of, uh, retail was it? Was it more? Apparel was it? Yeah, it was all. It was mostly all apparel, all apparel. So we just do their like store credit cards and just you know getting them to spend more money on credit. Nice, um, sucking everybody in. And then so you you sort of fell into marketing. What what of all things you could have chosen? Why uh, why marketing? Uh, it was you know it was, it was that was a long story. So I moved to Ohio for a little bit, Columbus, Ohio. And if anybody is a Michigan fan, they'll know Columbus, Ohio is enemy territory. So I moved there in uh, my early 20s. And yes, every, every since I've been there, it'd been, uh, it been, been a fight, let's just say that. And uh, I got into, actually, I think I got into that company from a Buckeye. That's funny, now I'm thinking about the story in my head, but um, I got into the, the marketing world and, um, first on like customer service side and just kept like moving up. And it was just like one of them jobs that you make your own schedule. Um, uh, I worked at home, so it was just appealing to me, you know, free time was appealing to me. Nice. Columbus, Ohio. I, uh, I used to work for Goodyear. Oh, um, okay. A, a while back for a while and sort of various sort of roles, but, but there was an opportunity for me to move to either Shanghai or Akron, Ohio, cause that's where the head office was. And I, I think I ended up choosing Shanghai. I just uh, not, I did a bit of Googling. Not even <laughs> Googling a comparison, on Akron. brother. <laughs> not even a comparison, brother. Well, I think LeBron was uh, sort of raised up from there, but other than that, uh, it didn't look like an exciting sort of place to sort of play, but I'm assuming that was close to Columbus, Ohio, right? It's decently close. Yeah, it's decently close. It's not, um, I, I wouldn't advise, you know, these people, good people to, to go to Akron, Ohio. It's not, the, not that much there. I try to like <laughs> shit on Ohio anywhere I can when I'm somewhere. So. so you took some money out of your 401k and tipped it into Bitcoin. What, what year was that? Man, um, that's a good question. Uh, what was it about like maybe 2016, something like that? 2016 ish, wow. I think. That's early. Uh, that's super early. Um, and what gave you the conviction to do that? Uh, I mean, being that early out? Uh, it just made sense. I was like, okay. Um, the way it was um, explained to me, I was like, wow, this makes perfect sense as far as the currency that, you know, anyone can send instantaneously, basically from, um, you know, America to what, Shanghai or. It's so I never seen a technology that you can literally just send it and then you can receive it. And then just looking at the future, I was like, okay, this makes a lot more sense than just keeping my money in a 401k and hoping to get what 4% each year or something, something crazy like that. So, you know, it's one of those things that you did and it just really worked out. Nice. And then, so what was your transition from Bitcoin? I mean, that was so early 2016 how was your entry into nfts well it was the the dark ages in in the middle of that transaction but we're not even going to go that the 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 trading of the shit coins and all that type of stuff but no, um, don't talk, talk talk about it like you you were you i mean because that's a few years in between right 2016 yeah. to 20 20 yeah 
Yeah, it was basically like um, just just trading. Like you was like, oh wow, this is stuff. This is just a whole new land. It was cryptocurrency to me. It's like a whole new voyage. When I first got into it, it's like, man, this is something completely different. It's nothing comparable, right? So then it's like, okay, what is this thing called Ethereum? Like, I don't, I don't know about this, but Litecoin, that sounds good. It sounds like the silver, the of the gold is a Bitcoin, Litecoin is a silver. So I got into that and then like I said, I got a little bit of Ethereum and then XRP and just all these different type of coins and trading them and trying to make money. I was like, man, this is just exciting. So, you know, that bull run was a very, very good time. And then once it came down, it was just like, oh, shoot. But um, I end up saving everything and just holding, you know, and then just waiting. I still had that conviction that this is going to be the future. But at the same time, I was cool. It was just patient. Like I said, it was a 401k type of thing. So it was just waiting. So, um, you know, just waiting, everything brewing. And then I started hearing everything bubble a little bit. I heard about NFTs. And actually, I, I will have to say the first person who really got me on NFTs and CryptoPunks CryptoPunks was my very first NFT I bought was Gary Vee. He was uh he was super, super loud. Um, what was that? 2021, right? 2020 early 2021. Um, it was in about January ish. And he kept talking about like CryptoPunks. And um I'm a really big pattern recognition type of person and he's talked about a couple of things before, like just investment things like the Brian James Ricky card. I remember that one. He kept talking about it. he's like, hey. She get these LeBron James rookie cards, look into them, and then a couple months later, they score, they just skyrocket. I'm like, God damn it! But um, it's just, it's just funny. Like this time he said it, and I was like, This is what are these little JPEGs? And uh, these little, these little guys, they look cool, but you know, what is this, right? So at that time, uh, they were around like thirty-five, thirty-five thousand ish USD. So I was like, Yeah, I don't know, but I'll do homework so i did about literally an hour homework i was on the crypto pump page i don't know if you spent a, a long time on that when you first got picked yours but looking at all the traits and I, I remember that like yesterday just on the traits just all day just looking seeing like what's rare and seeing what's unique little little i call them little hidden traits and uh different ideas that nobody thought about and then i finally seeing the one I was going to get. And after like a month or a month and a half of doing research, I pulled the trigger. Man, wh why don't we talk about that now? And then we can go back to Gary V. Um, but um, so yeah, talk us through your selection journey. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I look at the page, even pages, even today, yeah. right? I still like love browsing sort of the punks and what's sort of sitting around the floor and which traits are sort of undervalued and like, but what was going through your mind back then? If this was your first NFT. That was a huge purchase, man. So I'm just looking through your records now. So that was on 10th of March, 2021. Yeah. Uh, and that was for about, you know, 21, 22 ETH, which was about 40 grand at the time. So yeah, talk us through your purchasing journey. Like, So um, yeah, I was just looking after I did all the research and um, I was just searching at that point. I was just looking which one should I get it when I, again, when I first thought of crypto punks and started doing my research afterwards i just realized that was the time i don't know if you remember but it was the time it was like the word was uh crypto punks was kind of like the first nft you know what i mean and i was like man this really makes sense but at that time i was just looking for the right fit you know because i was thinking okay if i get one this is going to be kind of my online identity for like the future so i wanted one that i thought they looked cool be completely honest that was the, that was the number one factor was the cool factor which punk looks cool and um so i looked um through the selection and then he was kind of like oh should i go to the floor or should i go to you know get a super rare one and um end up converting like most of you know my crypto into ethereum and i seen seen the the police cap with the shadow beard and the little bling you know what i'm saying on the earrings and i was like that was the one. No, he's a clean punk man. So well, well done on that uh, for sure. Thank you. And the really big thing with the police hat was that I really wanted to get the police hat because it kind of felt like police to me is like negative condensation, right? When people see the police, they're like, oh, it's the police. But I kind of got my police hat punk just to show like people should be their own police, right? In, this, in a society. 
people should everybody should know good and bad and we should be able to govern ourselves so that was kind of the way i looked at it as far as you know getting a police officer punk to show that police is the people it's not it doesn't have to be an authority and i think if we have that mindset that's kind of like the punk way you know what i mean like the rebel way um as far as justice i guess you can say nice now i never thought of it like that um uh, and with you uh, i probably think of police in very negative connotations but uh i think it's probably fitting for people in web3 to be you know, self, self-sovereign self in some ways and self-governing and uh, and uh, and the like. So yeah, well said. But um, man, I, I do remember that time with, with Gary V. When he came on the scene, it, it sort of felt like it came out from nowhere. But I think when you dig a little bit deeper, he seemed like he was, you know, he's like good friends with Kevin Rose and I'm sure they would have been talking and, um, and, and he started sweeping floors and moving projects. As soon as he would tweet about something, that was alpha. And so uh, when he came on the scene, he came on in a, in a really big way. Because I remember when he, one of the projects that he came on was um, a project called Deadheads. I don't know if you remember that one. Yes, of course. Uh, so I, I swept floors on that, made a decent decent amount of that flip as well from, from him shilling. And I think he got into Tom Sachs Rockets as well. I got, a, got in a little bit early on that one too. Um, so that was kind of a crazy time. But then he started, you know, talking pretty heavily about all these historical nfts and i think he triggered like another run where basically people started going back on the blockchain archives and started digging up all sorts of crazy shit like you know ether rocks were going were popping off um curio cards and they're sort of saying people were going to start tattooing themselves of curio cards and and so they were popping off too so um yeah that i remember that time when gary v came on he came on in a really big way man yeah, that time and another project he called out that actually turned out really big, probably one of the biggest ones was the World of Women. He was really big on that early, and um, I did not get on that wave. I'm, if you look at my wallet, I'm really, uh, I don't know, I don't know, stingy is the word, right, with my ETH. Um, I just really go on the stuff that I truly believe in, you know, the stuff that I'm going to hold. I'm just going to hold it, and that's my conviction, and then, you know, that's just it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way to play, man. I keep giving my ETH away, which isn't a great sort of strategic <laughs> play either. Um, so you're sort of a V friends, Maxi, because I think last time, you know, when we when we caught up in New York, um, you were telling me about V friends, and I think you were quite bullish on it. And you know, you 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 go around to all the conferences every year, and um, and still still to this day, quite quite sort of positive on the project and Gary V and the community in general. Has, has your sort of view changed and, you know, how do you sort of sit, sit with the, uh, V friends community today? Yeah. V friends is, um, I think it'll be almost like a life changing community, just not even trying to be super, you know, chill or whatever, but I really do believe that as far as just the experience that I've had so far, right. It's just a super welcoming community. I don't know if you have like first, uh, the communities that you went to, everybody's just nice. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's first when i think of v friends that's the first thing i think of everybody's just nice everybody's just cool everybody's pleasant just nice to be around you know even if it's online or online events i mean in-person events so that's the first thing i think of but as far as um the community i learned a lot you know it's like your home community where you know you spent the most time with i was in the punks discord a little bit reading around when i first got into it but i didn't really dive dive into the community like that but as far as v friends it it's a lot of my most um, close online friends are from there. And just like the amount of I learned about Web3 was from there. Um, it was so interesting. Going real quick back to CryptoPunks. Um, when I first was about to buy, when I first bought my punk, it was the most nerve wracking experience of all time, right? I don't know if you remember that. Your first NFT, you didn't know how to do anything. I just didn't understand MetaMask. I didn't understand nothing. So I'm... Uh, heart is just, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's $40,000 on um, this crypto punk. So it went through and everything went smooth. The website is great. But uh, with me friends, it was a little bit more, you know, somebody there to teach you how to mint, right? And um, it was a different strategy. It was a Dutch auction. That was the first time I, heard, I don't know. I, I think I've seen a couple of Dutch auctions in NFT land, you know, since, but that was just a whole different um, experience. And 
um yeah it was it was cool man it was it was it was really cool a lot of people to help and um the networking is a different thing in the friends community you know how like every community have this type of people right moonbirds are certain type of people when i went to their events there's a lot of um de- devs developers and stuff like that when i went to the ape events it's a definitely different type of you know crowd over there right v friends is um besides the nice thing it's a lot of entrepreneurs it's a lot of people who are business-minded people so um that kind of resonates with me a lot you know mm, that makes sense maybe just for the audience as well that aren't familiar with v friends could you maybe just give like a, sh- a brief high level summary of what v friends actually is basically what it is it's like an intellectual property gary v made um just talk about just different traits that he's passionate about right so um he's trying to make a, a world kind of like disney and um each character is kind of like a i don't know he says like a pokemon slash sesame street type thing but he's just um he's just building like uh his his thing is like brick by brick and um he's coming out with some really cool things as far as you know he's a model for a child children book animation series and just getting that world as far as like the um disney type crowd and just building it from nfts like pokemon i don't know if uh how when did you get into pokemon but pokemon started off as a card game right did it start off card i think so he has um, something like that, but it's, he's starting his IP off as NFTs first and then starting to build the, the world out from there. Yeah. No, he's, um, it's pretty crazy. So I think from memory, I think it was like hand-drawn pieces uh, of different characters um, and each NFT from the original VFriends collection gets you three years access to the VFriends conference as well, right? Which is big on connecting the whole community to get that but admittedly i um i, I got into v friends from the duck Chuction as well um oh okay yeah you did tell me about that yeah so i had the um got the gift, gift code, code right yeah and uh I, I mean and i was lucky enough that you know that that went up to a certain certain level and i was able to flip out of it and get myself back into a punk so oh um, dope to, so, so uh so thanks to gary and v friends for that um i mean i have been meaning to sort of get back but you know, being based in Asia, it's really hard for me to get to, I guess, the events, right? And it sort of feels like the events, the in real life stuff is uh, probably where the uh, the magic happens. Yeah, that's, like you said, that is where the magic happens. It's kind of funny, like with that project, it's two, it's a couple of things that just were different as far as like the in real life VCon actually is, I went to almost every NFT of their NFT, NYC, R Basel, all the, you know, conferences and can be completely honest, that's, my favorite um nft in real life of it you know what i mean and then the like you were saying the gift goat i thought that was different as well from the nft community because it's like you buy an nft and then random gifts just come to your house you know like i thought that was really i have i got a lot of art a lot of just random items you know what i mean what's your favorite gift so far what is my favorite gift so far that's actually a good question i have this really cool um photo that's coming Right. It's like this little um, Muhammad Ali uh, at that time frame photo, classic photo. And I'm really excited for that just because it's, it means something to me personally. But um, outside of that, that's actually a good question. I had this one. We had this one really cool blue label um, whiskey. I don't know if you're um, a big alcohol drinker, you know, is, really. is, is that Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's this really cool um, bottle of alcohol, a collector's item that um, actually I used for like this um, business meeting and they loved it. And it was just a great gift that I gifted somebody else. Ah, nice. Yeah. Because he had a few prominent names drop gifts as part of the gift goat collection, right? So I think Beeple did did one. Yeah. Um, Beeple did one. That was and, huge. And a few other artists as well, right? So I'm not sure if um, Drifter or Drifter did one as well, right? Drifter Shoots. Yeah. another. So part. you. So you get the physical gift and you get an NFT gift as well. So I was talking about the physical gift, but if you're talking about the NFT gift, Drift was, that was amazing. That was super, super, super dope. People, you know, he always got something funny. He's a legend. I, I was just really cool to have collect, you know, a piece from him. Yeah. No, that's kind of cool. And and I do remember Gary have a lot of conviction in punks, which probably gave me a lot of conviction because he got a lot of eyeballs on 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 projects too 
Um, and it's kind of cool when he jumped in the punks discord and, and the telegram group chats just to sort of say hi as well. He's pretty good like that. You know, being a big name that he is, he still really connects with personable. Yeah. Yeah. People and communities and yeah. Yeah. It was, it was funny though. Cause now that I'm thinking about besides him, it was actually a couple other people who were like talking about punks. And I was like, oh, these are some pretty smart people. Let me, let me really look into punks. So it was Gary and it was actually Mark Cuban. I don't know if you remember mark cuban song like the punk song that was around that time and then i think i think chamal were saying something about digital items too around that time so it was a lot like marquee business guys that i that i would say i look up to as far as business way um that were talking about them and then that's when i went through the you know rabbit hole yeah what a, what a crazy time that was just um in this bear market i think um if anything the convictions probably held true, right? Out of all the collections that have gone south in this sort of bear market, I mean, punks have held up, you know, probably the best. So it's probably doubled down on the conviction, right? That's super cool. And so, Blue, so what are you currently building? What What is DDT? Yeah, so it's actually the brand I, I've been trying to build for like the last two years and, and just something fun, you know, something new. Basically, honestly, I'm, I'm really going for like the best NFT project of all time. You know, like you put up like the the stars. You know, shoot for the stars. But what what it is is um, it's actually Pong. I don't know if you played it. Is that big in 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 your neck of the woods? Yeah, there's some dedicated beer pong bars here. Uh, it's pretty technical. I mean, they've got like you know electronic boards, and they all light up whenever you hit when you hit the sort of beer pong, but I kind of suck at it. So you're probably asking the wrong person, but, 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 but we do have it here. <laughs> well, that's super dope. Well, I guess my um, envision is I'm making a, a NFT project off of, it's actually water pong. So it's something completely different. And we're, we're targeting, you know, from kids from little to old, but um, just the game, I grew up playing it, but um, it's just so much joy as far as working on your thing. You know what I mean? And, and figuring out how to put it into the world. And that's just what DDT is. My vision of it, honestly, to have um, tournaments that basically the NFT is going to be the ticket into the tournament. And hopefully we get it up to people winning millions, a million dollar tournament. You know, it's just going to be a, a huge one. And, you know. That's cool. So so what happens when you you, you get a shot in? Do they, do they have to skull like a liter of water or something like Instead of beer, like <laughs> no, it's, it's it's not really a drinking thing. They have their 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 you know soda or juice or whatever on the side if they if they really want to get into it like that. But just more of the competitiveness, you know what I mean, and the playing against each other. My whole uh, vision is to try to make uh, pong, uh, water pong, actually the number one um, tailgating game is gonna kill cornhole. I don't know if you heard about cornhole, but that's the old past, you know. What I mean, it's just basically a game that. You play before sporting events or you play before, you know, just hanging out at the pool. It's just, hopefully it's just more naturally relevant and working on stuff as far as AR, you know what I mean? You throw it in there and hopefully we make it to 10 years from now, we'll have VR. People will be able to play with each other, you know, by actually being with each other. Nice. And I, like, I, I gotta, I gotta say, I've had, a, I have had a lot of fun playing beer pong or, or, or pong in that sort of sense too. So it's actually a really good way to connect with people. I mean, I'm surprised there hasn't been already a professional, you know, pong competition somewhere out there. Cause I've seen like, you know, rock, paper, scissors competition, professional one. That one's a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's, there's like, I don't know if you've seen that one where you've got these two beefy dudes and they get a free slap. They basically just oh, slap the yeah. shit out of each other, dude. So like they've got all sorts of weird stuff at the professional levels. I'm I'm not surprised if Pong doesn't sort of get there, man. So well, uh, good luck to you on that. Thank you, thank you. It's just it's it's funny doing something like um that you've done as a kid. You know what I mean? Making it as an adult, and that's what your passion is. So you know, I'm just excited, just excited again. It's some more thing in the ten years. I I will be able to look up, and then we'll see. You know where it's at at that time. Beautiful, mate. Um, well. I'll be looking out for that NFT. Let me know when it drops and uh, I'll definitely pick one up. But, uh, but hopefully uh, we can, uh, you know, get a game of uh, Pong in one day. Uh, uh, maybe we could do it at a Punk's brunch event or something. Yeah, yeah. Or I might, we might, we might come to your neck of the woods. I might take over at your local bars and, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, show please, them what's please up. Do. Please do. <laughs> please do. That'll, that'll be super fun. And so, 
you know, I think crypto is a really funny and interesting space around our culture and what we what we find entertaining and funny. And I think, you know, being the 69th episode, wanted to ask you what your views in terms of what is it about 69 that everybody gets so crazy about? <laughs> you know what? Now that I think about it, I, what is the hype of 69? It's not, it's not like that at all. But um, I don't know. It's really cool how um, in the NFT community that like we make culture out of like the silliest things. You know what I mean? It's just kind of just like <laughs> the joke of it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what it is. It's just the joke of it. Like you'll see something that sold for 69, 69, 420, like <laughs> just like some random junk, you know, and it'll sell for that much. And it's just, I just think it's just culture, you know, it's just our culture. Well, I mean, if, if I'm assuming everybody understands the sexual connotation of 69, but 420, I think that's an American thing, right? So uh, is it like weed, weed day or something or? Yes, that's like our, I guess, national weed day. I didn't. I don't know if it's like a this thing outside of America, but yeah, that's that's what that's referring to. So twentieth of April every year in the U.S. Yeah, it's not like a real holiday. It's not like you know everybody's outside. Okay. Hey, happy four twenty. <laughs> it's not. It's nothing yeah. like that. But <laughs> everyone just gets blazed up. It's, it's, it's kind of cool though, right? I think um, we've we've got our own little quirks in the space. So sixty nine is definitely one of them, and four twenty is the other one. So if I ever do. I'm fortunate enough to get around to episode 420. It'd be interesting to see who who that one would be. Um, no yeah. call outs uh, yet. No, no call outs yet. If I if I sort of survive, but um, any sort of other, you know, NFT cultural things that we just find amusing for ourselves. I think um, I think obviously the GM, the Good Morning is definitely one, right? Yeah, the GM. That's definitely one. Yeah, and huh, so that's a good question. Um. It's so much little stuff, you know what I mean? It's like little lingo that, you know, that everybody just laughs like we we all going to make it, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, toxic, um, you know, toxic positivity, that's what I call it sometimes. But, um, you know, you have, you have the, the, the spelling of certain things that don't spell like that, but it's just, it's funny, like sir, S-E-R instead of S-I-R, you know what I mean? It's just like the little things. When W E N exactly? When, <laughs> when are we gonna move? But it's it's really cool if you really think. Now that you say that, now I'm kind of like interested. It's really interesting how this stuff will evolve in the future, right? Like diamond hands. That's a great thing. That's you know from NFTs, right? Or um, paper hands. Yeah, paper hands. Yep, to the moon or stuff like that. It's like, what is this really gonna be? You know, in fifteen years, ten years from now. Yeah, it's it's it is super, but it's this is culture building, right? Um, and and it's like another language because I sort of feel like, you know, when, when there's normies that are coming into the space, I always refer them to a thread that Punk six two nine six five two nine wrote up, basically defining all the nomenclature that we use in the space, and um, and I thought that was really helpful. But it's super interesting in terms of how that's just naturally and organically formulated, right? I don't think there was anything contrived by it. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. Sort of fun. Actually, I'm kind of want to. I don't know if I can steal a little segment from the show, but I kind of want to. Um, I want to do something fun. I want to look into your look into your mind real quick. And what do you think it's going to be like in ten years? Right, like NFTs, and then the culture. What What do you think is going to be like in ten years from now? Man, I've, ten years is a long time. Think we're mainstream. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think like, you know, everybody keeps talking about it. I think it'd be a lot more ubiquitous in that, in the sense that not all NFTs will have value. It will just be a token or a receipt. Um, and it will just be so common where basically we don't even know that it's powered by the blockchain or anything else. Right. So instead of like getting an email, say, Hey, this is what you bought from Apple or the gap or whatever it is, you know, you just get an NFT of some form. And, but I think, what would be interesting is how they sort of triangulate all of that around to form a view of your identity. So in that sense, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, what about you? Like, how do you sort of thinking about, I guess, I guess I think about what's now, right? What's now. And then I'll go from there. Right. So what's now, um, we have our wallets, everybody have, you know, well, 
a lot of people have their ENS, you know what I mean? I think at that time, people are going to be looking at people's wallets and then they're going to have more of an idea of somebody instead of looking on their social media, right? Right now, we have Apple this year just had the announcement of their AR, VR glasses. So Vision, I, Vision Pro. Correct. So I think that is going to be a huge thing as far as NFT space goes. Um, so in 10 years, I think it's going to be a normal thing, right? And if we're going to live in a digital world, it makes sense that we're going to have digital things and NFTs. Um, I think during that journey, I think the word NFTs is going to be gone. I think it's going to be rebranded because so many people hear the word NFTs and they have negative conversation about it, right? So it's, it's going to be something that's like digital collectible or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you said, it's going to be something, a normal day-to-day -day thing. Amazon, Amazon's huge here. I don't know exactly how big Amazon is there, but they have it um, now. I think they're starting it that you get an NFT for when you make a purchase. It'll have like kind of receipt for your item. So in a couple of years, I think that's going to be in a whole another level, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that Apple... I think that Apple Vision Pro thing is going to really rock a different doorway for new things to sort of come in. What I can't sort of reconcile in my head though is is it's it feels like the infrastructure is great of what Apple's built, but you still have to pay the gatekeeper. And it's sort of anti-crypto, anti-open metaverse, anti, you know, all the things that we sort of believe to be true. But the reality is, is I don't believe anybody is in a better position than Apple to build something like that, nor do I trust them to. Like, if you have a look at Google, Amazon, I mean, they, they their primary business model, and Facebook for that matter, is their primary business model is to monetize your data. Whereas Apple is, you know, they're pretty secure with that data. I kind of trust them with my stuff. Um, and they make money off the products, right? Not not you as and your data. And so it sort of feels like a nice fit there. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, it'd be interesting to sort of see what gets built. And I, I'm not sure the, you know, of whole VR metaverse thing is what it's going to be like, but I think AR yeah. would, would definitely be cool. I've been watching like some of the episodes of Black Mirror on Netflix. And oh, it just sort man, of feels you're, like... You're going that, down that. Like, a rat, like, like, it feels like that, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, so maybe we can dig up this podcast in like 10 years time and uh, <laughs> tick off which one's... Uh, Right and wrong. Yeah, I'm really excited about AR. Just you know, since we're on the podcast, we gotta we gotta shout out Mebits. Um, I think AR is gonna be a very interesting thing for Mebits and those type of um, NFTs because we can have them just around. Like, let's say you had your AR glasses and you had a Mebit and it was like your butler or something like that, like just kind of like talking to you. You know what I mean? It was doing little tasks and stuff. I think that would just be very very dope. Like your uh, Siri pig or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly. So I think those interacting with those in real life and interacting with actual NFT in real life, I think that's a game changer. I think, um, like you said, Apple's going to start in the infrastructure, but it might be another company that comes out who makes, you know, a, a AR set. But it's just important that it's somebody who's, you know, pushing the technology, right? Yeah. Let me ask you another question since we're on that topic. Mebits. Because I, I mean, I have a lot of punks on the show, but we never talk me bits. Um, the meebs. What, 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 what's your sort of take on meebs? Where do we, what are we doing? What do we, where do we go from here? Hey, we meebin now, but um, meebits are like one of my, you know, favorite NFTs. So it was like first airdrop that was free. You know what I mean? It was the first one that I got. I was like, man, this crypto NFT space is, is so interesting. But um, I think meebits are, it's, they're cool. They have their own lane, right? There, there's something that's unique as far as the basically the marquee uh, NFT that you know that you can um, use in the metaverse, and that's that's a hot word, right? Metaverse. You know what is the metaverse, right? And um, I think we're getting closer to figuring out what it is and figuring out that what we're doing right now is kind of already that metaverse, right? That we're speaking to each other online, we're meeting each other online. We met in person. I don't think we met before. In, um, online first, we met in person, but, um, you know, just, uh, you know, the amount of people you met online in these small groups. So it could be on discord, it could be on Twitter or whatever, but that's right. That, that could be considered the metaverse. So 
it's we're trying to learn what that technically is but i think mebits have their space and i think they will always have their space you know yeah i think so too uh, i think we just need to be patient with it i think CryptoPunks took a long time before they really kicked off, right? It was like four or five years before anybody took notice in the sense of, in terms of price action and and, and using it as a profile picture and avatar. And may, maybe MeBits, I mean, MeBits are only what, two years, three years old now. So maybe we've still got like another two years to go and that's probably about right. Um, yeah, it's only a couple of years. I think yeah, so, uh, like MeBits, I think are so interesting. So let's say like, right, let's think about we're actually in the metaverse and this is kind of my prediction. We're in the metaverse is what, 8 billion people in the, on the world, right? And let's say we somehow got to in 10 years, 4 billion people that was in the metaverse. Let's just say that, right? At the end of the day, it's still only 20,000 MeBits. So if uh, somebody wanted to um, go into the metaverse of style or, you know, how everything, everything is social signaling, right? So if somebody has a Rolls Royce or somebody has a Bugatti, Right, it's only so many of those. It's less memes of those. You get what I mean? Any expensive, like fancy car that you know s signals that you have um, whatever X, Y, and Z. Um, Mebus is a is a, a very smaller amount. So I think it took that art, you know, that that Pacific art style, and I think they will be like legendary when you see them inside the metaverse. And I just I, I really have conviction in that. Yeah. I think I'm with you as well. And it's interesting you sort of say that because when we look at the two projects, CryptoPunks and MeBits, like I wouldn't envisage my CryptoPunk in a 3D form in the metaverse. Like I think punks feel right as they are, 2D form, that's it, you know, and just a piece of art and doing their own thing. But if we were to go 3D, I think we've got the option of the MeBs, right? Um, I just, I wouldn't, I think I think a punk in 3D, I don't know. Just it just does it feels a little bit off for me. I don't know. Hey, so look, let's let, let me let me drop this because hopefully we can we can um have him see this. So I've been trying to talk to Noah. Well, I didn't really try to talk to him, but last um two me bit meetings, I, I didn't get to actually sit down and talk to him. But this is my roadmap that I think that will make punks go mainstream. I think that. Punks should be associated with these different mainstream um, things, right? So, like, let's say, for example, Fortnite, right? Fortnite is a huge game. Everybody knows about it. I think we should get to a point and um, people who are working on CryptoPunks should try to work with Fortnite and try to have it that every time, like, a punk um, plays the game and they can sign in um, some way, you know, safely, obviously, with their CryptoPunk, and then they have a special skin in that game that only crypto punks can have right so what that would do is that would make them feel more marquee feel like it's a real thing but it would not actually be their crypto punk in 3d it wouldn't be that it would just be that if you have a punk you get like a certain type of you know skin or whatever so i i, I think that would really really um be something that it seems like a small thing but i think that will make huge huge impacts just on so many different realms i can i can think of like a billion different examples of what i'm trying to explain to you no no, no i th I think um I, I i completely hear you man and i think uh, some of the guys from yuga i can't remember his name uh was talking about it and that's exactly the way they were talking about the board apes and you know basically people can come in and build utility for them but they would manifest as something different in you know whatever will that they were sort of building which is kind of cool and but I, I don't know man like with with punks like do you feel like we need to go mainstream like i think for me i feel kind of comfy being in our little niche corner of the internet right like a little bit indie and and it's sort of like if you know you know yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i get i get exactly what you mean with that i just think um that associating them in a way that's not cheesy that's not like oh this is a crypto puff but it's more like okay if you know you have one you get a certain type of level of marquee on the internet you get what i mean because i think that's kind of what crypto punks are getting pushed to they're gonna have like a certain type of marquee or status you know what i mean to them so why not incorporate that with different things i think that's going to happen as soon as if the smart new devs, Web3 devs that are coming on, if they wanted to bootstrap and get communities 
on board straight away, they would build utility for CryptoPunks, right? I think punks and then apes, I guess, but you know, um, I think punks have got some pretty good reach and eyeballs and all that type of stuff. But again, thinking about the demographics of punks too, we're not gamers, right? We're, we're mostly builders, entrepreneurs, artists. Uh, so the demographic might be a little bit different. Um, and we're not even sure the board ape community or gamers either. So I think that's why they did that sewer pass where basically you could whitelist another address and get some gamers to to play for you, right? As opposed to actually using your rape. So, so yeah, I guess it depends on the demographic and how they want to bootstrap that, but it's definitely a sort of interesting proposition. But, but like t- talking about punks as, you know, art and collectibles, uh, uh, how do you see punks? Are they art to you or are they more of a collectible? Uh, they're more of a, that's a good question. I would say both, you know what I mean? I can't really say they're not art and I can't really say they're just collectible. They're, they're really both. Um, it was so interesting going to Art Basel and seeing the crypto punk, um, I guess I call it like the Madonna, Madonna crypto VR punk or whatever it was on the wall. And it was just a very interesting moment seen in person. You get what I mean? Like it was one of those things you kind of need to see in person and it's like, wow, I kind of see the vision of where this is going as far as in the art world. So I, that's why I think about that. But on the other side, I do see it's a collectible. You know what I mean? I do see it have that uh, historic relevance that this is a collectible from a project. You know what I mean? That is 10,000 of them. And um, again, it's, I think it's, it's like an identity type of thing, right? That the whole we're moving to the metaverse and we're moving to more of an online um, lifestyle that we spend more time online, you know, than we do spend in real life. And I think it's very important, you know, eventually that people have their own, you know, online identity. Yeah, I, I think you're probably spot on. I think there's sort of a hybrid view there. It sort of straddles both sides, right? It could be fine art just for simplicity and its beauty, uh, but also as a collectible too, right? And uh, I think that's something different from fine art is like you know people wouldn't be rocking around using those the profile picture exactly as, you know their identity you know nerding out on it like like we all do so which is kind of cool and uh if money wasn't an issue what would be your dream punk do you think it's one that i, I think in my mind i kind of don't want to i'm trying to make a move <laughs> on that one <laughs> but um no i I'll, I'll say it it's it's one that um looks like um actually a person i think that's a very interesting um i'm not gonna say a strategy but a definitely interesting market that's gonna play out that it's gonna be punks that look like people famous people or you know people influence or something that's people are gonna stick to and i'm a big music guy really really big music guy that's like my favorite form of entertainment is listening to music and um it's one that looks like marvin gay and um he's like one of my favorite um artists of all time and um yeah i'm definitely trying to if if i do ever switch punks it might be to that one nice i uh i'm a big marvin fan too so uh that's cool well, basically, this this probably won't air for another three weeks. So you've got three weeks to um, to make your move. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. Yeah. And then, how are you playing this bear market right now? Are you you know collecting or have your eye on anything at the moment? Uh, so this I'm playing. I'm putting um some cash to the side, and you know if everything goes to shit, everything burns up, then um I'm gonna take that reserve and I'm gonna have convictions and the thing I believe in. It's a couple um, things that I really, really still want historically relevant NFTs that I'll probably go um, in on. And that's half of it. And the second half is just building. Like uh, I've really been um, focused on building my project. Like that's those two things, saving money and building. All right. So, so quickly, what are the, what are the historical collections that you would uh, be looking at, and then we can have a quick chat about your uh, project? CryptoPunks, <laughs> MeBits, <laughs> um, a lot of different things. It's it's, it's a lot of. Um, I think I, honestly, I'm I'm still really bullish on World of Women. I never actually got in that, but I think um, them being kind of like the marquee women projects, and when you look at spending um, as far as who spends the most money. Um, it showed that the, our other gender spends a lot more money than, uh, than males. So I think that will be a, a good one. I love the art. Um, 
I do love curio cards for what they are, uh, their history. Squigs, squiggles. Uh, I, I love squiggles. Squiggles are uh, another one yeah. of the things that it's like almost like you. Get, it's a must. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a couple of those little things that I'm really interested in. Nice, nice, uh, nice. Selection. What about you? Actually, I want to talk. I want, I want to get some little alpha real quick. What's what about you? Um, man, not so much alpha, but I just, I mean, there, there is a limit. I mean, no matter how much ETH I actually have, there's just, you know, I just want more NFTs, right? But <laughs> you know, but I, but I think the ones that you know, if I had to, you know, I'd love to get a lot of the art block stuff back in the bag. So Chromie is is definitely in there. I'd love to get. Um, a Denzel, I think most people sort of say that, um, but you know, it's hard to really hold on to one just because it's so highly valued, but they're beautiful as well. I mean, I'd love to have one on my wall, you know, so like I like Chromies for their cultural significance, but I just couldn't visualize one on my wall. Um, uh, so definitely for Denzel, I would also love to get a, a Matt Kangazer back in the bag. I think his stuff is stunning. Uh, I really appreciate he, him and his work as, as an artist. And then, yeah, I think probably just more punks, you know, um, and, and, you know, just, I don't think I can get enough of the punks, uh, if, if I could, I mean, there's just so many different traits that I would love to sort of find a way to curate and, and, and collect, a, a sort of a side collection there as well. I agree. But outside of that, like, yeah, I mean, like I've got a, you know, deep interest or, or studying a, not a deep interest, but an appreciation for all the sort of relics in the space not not so much curio cards but like maybe some of the rare pepes nakamoto's and all that type of stuff as well so so yeah so that that would be on my list on my shopping list if i had uh enough faith yeah it feels like it feels like i'm not gonna say this next bull run is gonna be like the one where it separates everything but it feels like it's a lot of i'm not gonna i'm not just historical nfts but it's just a, a, some nfts that might just go crazy you know what i mean and it's like uh i kind of want to get them before they're out of reach yeah well i think there's i think when people come in and they understand well the bet is is whether or not people are going to come in you know and and um whether or not they're going to value that and you know fit in with the culture that we sort of created for for nfts um and, and the other side too is is eth going to last forever and i think a that's that's another bet that we're making too, right? I think we've got a lot exactly. of ETH. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of things can sort of change, but I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. And if you were to look across the punk community, do you have like a favorite punk or series of punks that you, you love? Man, that's, that's an interesting question. There's so many different um, cool traits. Like, you know, you have to go with number one, Uno, Sean Carter, Jay-Z, like, that was a big deal for me to see him on Twitter still have uh, CryptoPunk sitting there as his um, PFP. Yeah, that was a huge deal for me. I don't know if you were into hip hop at all. Yeah, no, I love I love uh, Jay Z, man. That was that was huge. Um, I, like I'm just wondering, like, what was going on through his mind, whether or not that was his decision or somebody else gave him, you know, you know, some alpha or something. Like, I, I was just I'm just curious about that because he he hasn't really come out and said anything about that right he just changed his profile picture one day yeah but that's just it you know but i think he's just plugged into his network you know what i mean they're they know they know a lot of things so you know what i mean they'll put them all different things but i thought that was a huge moment for me personally especially you know for being black it was just like oh okay it's a, another black crypto book um i thought that was very interesting because a lot of the punk meetups is there's not that many you know minorities so I thought that was a big deal, that. And then uh, Serena, Serena Williams, she had her punk. And I thought that was just a huge thing. Like these are, in my community, these are like very, very, very big iconic figures. So Yeah, of course. Man, um, well, I think, yeah, I think the general demographic of NFT crypto is like middle-aged white men. Um, so so, so I, I, I fit the minority group with you as well, but I think, yes, it, yes, of course, but I think it was sort of okay because I think we're a whole bunch of misfits in the crypto punk community anyway. So, uh, which is, which is kind of nice. And it's welcoming too, right? It's not, it's, it, I don't really feel awkward or anything like that. Like it's really welcoming. Everybody's really cool. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well just on that then, like, you know, how would you describe punk culture in, uh, in a few words for you? 
man, that's an interesting. Um, most of my punk culture is just me meeting people in real life. You know what I mean? That's I'm I'm more of, I need to meet you in real life first before we can really you know chop it up before I come on and just podcast and just chop it up. But um, yeah, I would just I would say people are high conviction. I would say a lot of the punk community are very very high conviction, and um, they're very much believers of you know this NFT thing and believers in, you know, the, the direction that these punks will go into. I feel like a lot of them are, like you said, high business people, um, you know, entrepreneurs, um, people who are really big into their craft as far as, um, you know, art. I think punks community is very, every time I go to a punk event, it's a different conversation, put it that way. It's not really a conversation about, what is the floor price? What it? What are we? Where are we at right now? It's just they have a problem with their crypto pump. Yeah, and I was just thinking uh, some of the other events I've been to uh, compared to the punks, it feels like it's a more mature crowd in some senses. Um, I agree, but, but we're not. Yeah, we're not there. But it's it's not like it's less fun. But um, but it's a cool sort of uh, punk sort of vibe. It's hard to describe and. If we were to talk about a few contentious punk topics, I want to sort of pick your brain on it, see see what your position is on it. But um, how do you feel about V1 punks? Uh, I feel that they have their history, right? They have their spot in history. I don't think nobody can really take that away. I thought it was an interesting story. I listened to a space and seeing how everything played off. You know, you could, I would suggest more people really listen to that story, you know, and look it up. But yeah, I think I think they're always have their place. I really honestly want um my version of my punk V one. Is the one of the cool things about my punk was it was um one of the first I think the person who claimed it sold it to somebody and then I bought it from the person who claimed uh, yeah, I think I bought it from the person who claimed it or I'm like the second owner or something like that, right? Second or third owner. And I, I thought I think that's a big deal to me and I wish I was like the very first so i can you know see if i can get my my um b1 but hopefully out in that journey if anybody has my v1 punk um please 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 reach out to me because that's something i would love to have what about you do you are you big into v1 no i'm not i wouldn't say i'm big but i do appreciate the story um and i mean it's part of part of the punk history right um but uh, but but like you, I'm also looking for my V1 as well. So um, but yeah, maybe you should jump in the V1 Discord and maybe ask around. Um, loop around, yeah, yeah, okay. snip around, and yeah, because it'd be nice to sort of pair them up. Because I think that's going to be just it's just another collectible, right? Um, if you can sort of pair them up. Yeah, together, yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice. It's more it's more just I just got one minds, you know. Yeah, and what about the Yuga acquisition? How did you feel about Yuga acquiring Punk's IP? I thought it was interesting. I thought it was like a, a masterful move by you. I'll put it that way. Um, I thought it solidified um, them in a certain, in, in a whole different way. I thought it was genius, honestly, that they acquired them. A lot of people were very pushed back as far as Yuga. They don't want to be associated punks with Yuga, but I feel like punks are just like their own thing still. You know what I mean? Even though they're under Yuga, they're completely their own thing. I don't, just as far as people who are working with them there, um, like when Noah came on and talked to us at the, the punk event, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm not really going to mess with them. And I think that's very important. That I don't think they're changeable. You know what I mean? As far as their trajectory, I think they're going to, it's going to be crypto punks. And I just, I just think it is, it's the spot they're in is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think so too. I think uh, we'll find a way. I think Noah's doing a, a great job uh, sort of getting us into museums and all that like as well. So uh, and I haven't done anything I for a year or two, so we'll see what happens. Mate, uh, and, and if you could pass on a message to the next owner of Punk 8834, what would you like to say to them? I would say to them, you're welcome, son, or welcome, daughter. <laughs> that would that 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 would be uh, my message. You're you're welcome. That your dad came up and seen some random uh, JPEGs. Heard Gary V talking about some random NFTs, and he looked into it and bought it and passed it on to you. You know, it'd be cool if um, you know in ten years' time uh, we get your daughter or son on Punkcast, and uh, we can sort of reminisce on. 
Well, oh, I guess I'm, oh, hopefully I'm not dead at that time. Like, I don't, I don't want you to push that on me, my man. But <laughs> oh, uh, geez, uh, now that you said that, I didn't mean it like that. But uh, geez, that was a bit morbid. <laughs> but um, oh, yes, it meant meant uh, go blue. This was um, super fun chatting with you, dude. Um, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. For, yeah, thank you for your time and uh, great to sort of reconnect and and just uh, rifted a little bit with you on on punks. Um, I guess any sort of final closing comments and you know any uh, you know what's the best way for people to find you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter. You know, b e e underscore underscore wells w e l l s. Um, that's it, man. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'll be around. Like I said, just uh, happy to see what you building. I'm happy to see what all my I would say kind of day one friends and day one NFT bros are building and you know I'm just doing the same thing it's just everybody's just building their own thing and it's just gonna be funny looking back on this in 10 years and seeing how far everybody went as far as what they're building yeah absolutely guys this wraps up another episode of Punkcast for the week uh, stay tuned next week for another punk bye for now bye